Hey, everybody, welcome to the HVAC Joy Lab podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Shirk. This podcast focuses on creating more and more conversations about what optimizes life for an HVAC technician. My goal is to produce the most helpful content available for techs, full stop. Today, you're going to hear from Justin Freebear. Justin is a commercial technician in the Indianapolis market. He has had a number of experiences, including working with national accounts. But just like all of you, he had to work through the grind of the first five years to get where he is today. So here's his story. Okay, let's get started. We're regular guys, always early to rise. We get into our trucks, another Kyle to wash. everybody welcome to hvac joy lab i'm here today with justin freeman uh he's a commercial technician up in indianapolis indiana with uh currently with performance mechanical welcome justin how's it going buddy good 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 uh, i want to say first of all we're recording this on august 8th and it is in the middle of the summer and uh justin you're taking a few minutes to be on the podcast i just say i really appreciate you doing it this is like you know, if there's any time of year that's tough for technicians to take a half an hour away from what they're doing, now is it. So I appreciate it. Oh, it's it's all good. Uh, the company I actually work for now, we're, we're, we've got a lot of contracts, but they, they're they very heavy maintenance based. So we do a oh. lot of service, but like they keep us busy with maintenances, which oh, sure. I appreciated. So the weather's a little bit milder here right now. So yeah, I'm just, uh, that's right. Yeah. Indianapolis, what's the yeah. temperature about right now in Indianapolis? Uh, I would say 80 to 85. I haven't looked at, I haven't looked oh, today cause yeah. I've only been outside once today. I had an inside job earlier. So <laughs> yeah, down here in South Louisiana, we're having the hottest summer on record. So we're ever the highs this week are anywhere from 98 to hundred every day and have been for Ooh. a month. Yeah. Boy, that's uh, sounds brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough in this business because, you know, I have clients who are in the maintenance business primarily, but you get up out of those, you know, ASHRAE specs, it doesn't really matter if it's been maintained, it's going to go down or they, or it's going to be an 82 degree room and it's just the max the unit can deliver and the phone Ooh. keeps ringing and ringing and ringing. So, yeah, yeah. that sounds brutal. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, uh... let's go with, let, let's go with my uh, standard question I like to ask at the beginning with your your superpower and your origin story. Uh, tell the audience, uh, tell about the story of you becoming a technician and uh, what do you love most about it? So uh, my my origin story, I was, uh, you know, I, I had real good grades in high school. Uh, I didn't, but I wasn't sure the college route was for me, right? I didn't, I didn't even, basically with my ADD, didn't really do a lot of homework, things like that. Just ace the tests and, you know, basically slacked off the rest of it because, you know, that's high school, right? It, you, you know, you kind of get bored with it sometimes. Anyway, sure. so uh, 
out of high school. I didn't really go to college and I was just working warehouse to warehouse, you know, just having fun, partying, hanging out, not really sure what I did. But then 22, 23 came along and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm getting really tired of working at these warehouses, machine shops, just this hard labor, repetitive nonsense, you know, boring work. So I decided to go to trade school and uh, I went to the trade school. Uh, it was about a nine month program, Northwestern Technological Institute up in Michigan. Um, all right. And, uh, I graduated top of my class and uh, I got hired uh, by a national accounts company immediately, like right out of school. And uh, that's that's how it began. And you just uh, national accounts is a different animal, man. I don't know if you ever talked to any of those techs, but they it is a different well, animal. We had we had briefly interacted about that uh, in by email, but the I didn't realize that was your first job. Right out of tech it was. school was that. Yeah, wow. it was. It that's was. That's a lot yeah. of that's a lot of stress and expectation for somebody who's got like basically zero years of experience. Well, they they started me as mostly like a just a PM guy, you know, changing filters, doing PMs, and this particular company uh, offered like cleaning services where you'd have to go up there with the fa- the shop back and all that kind of stuff, and you right. know, it was uh, it was <laughs> it it was it was a chore sometimes. I'll tell you what, you know, you. You go from the school and you're learning about these ba- basic, basic wiring diagrams, and all of a sudden you're in front of a 20 ton rooftop unit. Even on a PM, it's just like, okay, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we have our version uh, of that down here is um, in New Orleans. There's so many really old buildings, and in those buildings, the the system is just completely weird, customized, mechanical air handlers, all that stuff. And the young guys get up into this, and in, you know they they just don't even know what they're looking at, and it it's uh it's a similar thing that happens down here too, right for sure. So it I mean it definitely took me a while to learn, and once you you know once you once you get going, you know it's kind of like every technician has that moment where it clicks, right? Like you get in the field, you're just kind of wandering around, you're kind of trying to figure it out and figure it out, and then one day it just happens, and you just yeah. figure it out. You so know? The, so this so. is a very good topic. So. How long would you say that was from the time you got started out of trade school till then? Uh, for me, it was five years because, yeah. uh, you know, I, you know, I thought I knew things and I knew some things, but like the day that, you know, the wiring diagrams and the refrigeration cycle, all of it just clicked together was probably five years in. But that was, you know, when I was at Lennox, I was doing a lot of maintenance. I didn't get a chance to run a lot of calls. Sure. I'm a more hands-on learner rather than, uh, you know watching somebody do it right so i was kind of one of those things where you know i went through a couple companies here and there so they laid me off because they lost a couple big accounts then i moved to indiana and you know then i tried my hand at residential a little bit and got with another national accounts company and i was on call three weeks out of every four which was a nightmare and i was like you know i i got to a point with them where we kind of hit our exit interview they were like uh so this field might not be for you and i'm like Maybe it's not right because I was still, you know, young ish, you know, 27, sure. 28, you know, young, new to the field, still trying to figure things out. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's not. So then I worked at a warehouse for another five months and was like, yep, I remember why I didn't like that, you know? Yeah. And then I, uh, yeah. And then I got with another national accounts company where, uh, and I will go over the how they kind of operated uh, a little bit later, but basically you just get thrown on calls. They, they just need bodies to run calls. That's what it yeah. is. So just, call after call after call after call after call and using my superpower resourcefulness i would call people i would you know what i'm saying i'm not afraid to call tech support and any good tech shouldn't be afraid to call tech support because you're there to solve a problem you're not there to you know 
try and figure it out yourself. You're there to solve a problem. So if you can't, you know, you give a deal with college try for an hour and you're just stuck, call tech support. They'll help you, you know? Yeah. So, Good point. but yeah, like I said, it was about after a year of doing that is, well, maybe, maybe six months to a year at that company, I was doing, you know, just out on my own, figuring it out. And it just all clicked, you know, and now it's just like, yep. And now yeah. I feel like I can, now I feel like I work on anything, you know? <laughs> and you go. Well, so. see, and this is, this is, you know, a lot of my research and what I do in, in recruiting is trying to help technicians be oriented to what phase of career they're in. And there's a lot of technicians that everybody knows you have to learn, you have to get experience, quote unquote, but there is a, let's call it a two to five year grind that is the first two to five years of a technician's career. And it is a grind. It's not fun. You're doing things where you feel like you don't know for sure what you're doing. The, the skill level has not developed to the point that, you know, like for you now, uh, Justin, you walk up to a piece of it on, you know, but, but those, those guys who are in those first two to five years, let's call it that I call it the grind. It's you, you just, you just have to push through. There's no, um, there's no, uh, replacement for it. There's no, you can't skip it. It's just reps. It's that 10,000 hour thing. You just got to grind through it. And just like Justin just described it at some point, the clouds part and it feels like, oh, I, I think I know what I'm doing now. And there's, I don't, there's no way around it. And so I think it's where some techs give up. I think it's where some techs get frustrated. They wonder if it's the company they work for. In your case, partly it was, but the, that phase, if you can make it through that phase as a technician, once you're through that and the clouds part, you can work anywhere. You can work for anybody. If you want to live somewhere else in the world, you can live there and work there. If you want to work commercial, if you want to work residential, you, you can do anything you want, but you got to get through that grind in order to get there. Oh yeah. That's uh that's, that's a big, that's a big part of it. I mean, especially for the young techs listening, if there are any, uh, just, just grind it out. I mean, everybody, yeah. and everybody learns at their own, their own pace. I mean, right. you know, I've talked to guys where that moment happened two years in or whatever, you know, I mean, it, it depends on, like you said, the company you work for, uh, your, obviously your brain, you know, your, your brain power, yeah. right. Your, 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 yeah. your natural brain ability. But, uh, it, a lot of it is, a lot of it's based on a, a lot of outside factors. It's not just you, you know, you might have hard days and you're like, man, do I really want to do this? But you know, eh, yeah, you just got, you just got to stick with it. And it's, uh, it's very rewarding, man. There's nothing better than, you know, leaving the call after they're sweating or, you know, they're probably, they're about to lose some product or whatever. And you just get it going for them. And it's just like, Oh yeah, thank you. You know, thank yeah. you so no, much. It's there are so, yeah. it's so gratifying, you know, there are very few, there are very few industries where every day someone expresses the level of gratitude that gets expressed to an air conditioning technician. And that's, I mean, I hear about that all the time, that, that look on their face when you just show up and they're like, thank God you're here. And then <laughs> yeah. when they yeah. hear it kick on and they feel cold air coming on them, they're like, Oh, Justin, thank you so much. Like, you know, nobody's getting that in the drive through at Walmart or at uh, McDonald's and then no one's getting that, you know, I mean, there's just very few, very few jobs where you have that kind of, uh, that kind of feedback. Right. And not to say that those jobs aren't important because, you yeah, know, yeah. They, they, yeah, you know, it's just, uh, 
yeah, this is a, it's just a, it's just a different animal. And I really like that, you know, I go from site to site. I'm not stuck in a building all day, you know, especially, you know, like I was telling you about my, my warehouse thing, like dude, those jobs are so mundane. They're boring. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're not. And you know, it's like the hiring practices for those are, you know, can you fog a mirror, you know, <laughs> and then you're hired, you know, that's basically, yeah. and I'll tell you, that's how some of the national accounts companies hiring strategies are too i mean i'll tell you i've worked behind guys who've used jb weld on copper drive like straight they've used they've tried to use jb weld to get to seal the system wow left left piercing valves on things like that and you know i I left national accounts the company that i work for now doesn't do national accounts and they used to uh talk to the owner and the owner said uh well i refuse to do them anymore because they had a guy that used to take care of him and he left so he said okay we're not doing any more national accounts yeah um it's just like i said it's different animal but They're there. You, you can go behind like because you don't always go behind on your own work. So if you diagnose something, they might send somebody else, you know, because you're covering an yeah. entire state at a time. So, yeah. you know, or if you show up to somebody else's diagnosis and they got it wrong. So now you're stuck, you know, doing their job that they got paid for. And we're obviously wrong. Right. And yeah. now you're doing your own job. Right. So. I- and, and, and you, I, I hear a lot on your podcast, you talk about the customer experience or the customer um, the customer relationships or the experience, oh, yeah. Cust- you know, yeah. customer, customer service, service, the customer yep. service, yep. it, that doesn't matter in national accounts. Cause you're talking yeah. <laughs> to him. You're talking to a middle, a middle America manager who yeah. they, they, a, they don't know what you're saying. All you, you know, you still have to talk to him and be like, okay, so what's happening, you know, just like a good tech would. Right. So what happened during, you know, the time that it failed or whatever, but like realistically you go up and uh, work for work on machines. So, um, it was said best to me by a hiring manager at one of these other companies. It was said, uh, in residential, uh, you work on, you, you service the customer in commercial, you service the machine. And it's yeah. not true for all commercial, but especially national accounts. It's, it's true. Cause you know, you, you've got a pharmacy, you got, you know, one person likes it at 70, the other person likes it at 74. You can't make everybody happy. Right. 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 So plus on um, those kinds of customers, there's often a redundant system. And so they're not actually hot. You know, they, there's there's a routine maintenance schedule. There's there's some reason you're there, but it's not like they have to shut down the store because uh, you're there. So it has a different way about it. Yeah, well, I've, <laughs> trust me, I've dealt with, uh, you know, I've dealt with menopausal manager, managers or whatever where they're <laughs> never, well, you know, I'm just saying they're never comfortable yeah. and they're controlled by energy management. So they set the set point at 72 and like the best you can do for them is 70. And, you know, you show up and, hey, the machine's running, everything's good. And there's nothing you right. can do for them because energy management won't allow them to go further. And I've even, I, you know, I come down from the roof and this lady one time, she said, she said, it's still really hot. I said, ma'am, it's running and cooling right now. Like it's just, <laughs> so, you know, it's like, you can't argue with them, but you're like, it's running right now. I don't know yeah. how I can make it any better. Like it's dumping 55 degree air right on you. What? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So, you know, uh, sometimes there's tips and tricks to that. You know, you leave the fan running all the time to make them feel like there's more air movement and things like that, you know, but that's all, like I said, national, like I said, completely different animal. I am right now, frankly, I'm so glad to be out of it, but I'm, I'm definitely have to work on my customer service because you never, I never had to care about it before, you know, it's, it's an adjustment. It is is a very commercial air conditioning is a very particularly, well, on money levels, it's a very different thing from residential. Residential is a 
very personal uh, experience. You're in someone's home and, you know, there's usually in, in a residential world, we know from the marketing research, it's normally the female who picks the technician who comes in because she's got to feel safe that this guy's in her house and he might be there on a weekday when maybe she's home and the husband isn't there. And you know, that the, 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 the relationship dynamic that goes into that and the be able, being able to then say, Hey, if something happens, can I text you to the technician as opposed to call this main number? You know, that's really not as common. Some of the commercial companies are leaning that way. Siemens has started to do some stuff with using technicians as direct customer service interface. I mean, that like this set of customers to say to that tech, those are your customers and you service those customers. But it still is not the same thing as a residential experience where, you know, it's it's just so much more personal. It, right. Uh, and, and the company that I work for now, they actually have uh, two or three people like in the office that manage all of the accounts. They get assigned right. their accounts and, um, you know, sometimes we'll have to go to one of the owner's buddy's houses or something or whatever. But right. uh, but that's the way that it is in a lot of the national accounts industry where you talk to uh, you don't talk to the client. You don't talk to anybody except the person who manages that account, be it nationwide or whatever states they control that account in or whatever. And you tell them what's wrong and, you know, they say, okay, fix it or we'll quote it or whatever, you know? So, yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's, I would say that national accounts is perfect for new technicians and old technicians who are just trying to, cause like there's little, there's little supervision. There's little, there's little, I mean, there's unfortunately at a couple of companies I worked at, there's, there's little accountability. So yeah. it's perfect for you to grind it out and learn. Yeah, but that it's not really good for family life or that kind of uh -huh. midlife, you know, say mid your late twenties to, you know, basically when the kids are growing up, right? It's because you could literally two o'clock. Oh, you we got a call two hours away. Yep, you know, yep. and the on call is so frequent. You know, it was basically one weekend every month, basically, and during the week you're working until the work's done, right? Yeah. So. I mean, you're talking 50, 60, sometimes 70 hour weeks, if not an occasional 80 sprinkled in there, depending on how far you want to take it. So, yeah. um, Hey, that that's, that's for real. And there's lots of technicians. Now there's ways to either negotiate into a different company or negotiate different things where you are, but it's not uncommon for techs to like say to their kids, look, I just can't tell you if I'm going to be at practice today. I just don't know. I definitely can't tell you I'm going to coach your team because I just can't be there consistently. I can't tell my wife I'm going to be home for dinner. I don't know. Like that, that uncertainty grinds on a family over time. And, 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 yeah. and, and that's, and that's why I got out of it. I have a two and a half year old. I have an almost three year old and I have a three week old. Uh, yeah. July 15th, three week old. Oh, so my goodness. Well, um, Congratulations. roughly four now. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. Um, and it was, you know, it was time for me to start a family and, you know, try and you can't, you can tell them, oh yeah, I'm only working 50 55 hours but then they're gonna you know you yeah. just you're better off if you want to if you have a family you're better off sticking with the local company you know work your 40 hours good benefits you know blah 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 you know yeah. this company that i'm at right now uh they offer actually overtime is double time in the summer from may 1st to oh wow uh to september 30th so they don't require you to work it, but if you're on call and you were you rack up 50, 60 hours, you're getting paid double time on that your extra twenty hours. You know, nice. yeah. So, um, like I said, there's 
certain companies, and, and again, I like to tell people that in this industry, if you're looking for a good company, if you have a list of five or six things you want, pick the four most important and you, you you'll be lucky to find a company that gives you all. Yeah. I mean, you'd be yeah. incredibly lucky to find a company that gives you everything that you want. Basically it's down. You, you basically what it boils down to is what you, what you can live with. Right. Like there, yep. you, you know, that's, that's all it is. It's like, you can, you can only get so much. No company is going to be perfect. I got a buddy in Michigan who says during the whole COVID shutdown, they paid their employees for two weeks to just sit home when it was all locked down and all that. And they, you know, I was like, oh, that's great. And they have good benefits and all that. I was like, man, that sounds great. I wonder what the drawbacks are. But he, I mean, he yeah. works in the office. He works in the office. He's a project manager now. But, but you, like I said, you know, these national accounts companies, uh, I, I knew guys with families paying thousand dollars a month in health insurance just for health insurance for yeah. to cover their whole family, which that's like a minimum wage job. Like that's yeah. like seven, eight bucks an hour. That's insane. You yeah. know? Well, so, and that's, that's the, I'm hoping in the next couple of months here to have, uh, distribute out to everybody in the, the HVAC joy lab audience, uh, just a one pager to help you really break down when you're saying, well, you know, I work right now for ABC Corp and I'm considering going to XYZ Corp. How do I really break down what I'm getting, where I am and, and where I'm going? Because there's the there's the direct stuff. Like you just said, how much money am I paying per month for insurance? Insurance is complicated. It's really hard to know whether I'm getting, quote unquote, good insurance. I mean, I know for I sure. Hey, I know what a deductible is, but it could be not covered over here and it's covered there. Like it's it's hard to know. And then there's all the intangibles, you know? I mean, you can say, well, this is my wage here. They offered me $8 an hour more. But then what happens when this new place you're at, they just treat you like shit all day? Well, now, you know, is this now is this still worth eight bucks? So, you know, have I done my diligence? Have I talked to the other techs who work there before I make the jump to make sure this is some place I want to work? You know, that that one of the most important things that I'm trying to offer technicians right now is how do I make this decision? How do I, how do I decide if I want to live with where I'm at? Cause nobody, uh, 95% of people, there's exceptions, but of text, they don't say everything where I am, practically everything's perfect. I mean, nobody says that, but you don't, and you know, is it worth it to make the jump? And then now, especially, I don't know, I bet this is true in Indianapolis as well, but some of the other markets that I work in, the wages for technicians are all over the place. I mean, Every week down here in South Louisiana, I'm hearing about technicians getting offered ten to fifteen dollars an hour more to do basically the same job, and That's, just like wow. like real money, you know. To you know, I, I'm I have one client; they've got multiple guys north of fifty bucks an hour, and it's just it's like you can't you can't serve as a contract if you don't have the guys, and then <laughs> you know. There's also this dynamic where the TNM companies can much more easily throw around money because they just pass the cost on in the next quote. Whereas if you have contracted maintenance, then it's a, it's more of a challenge. But but still, there's so I, I would I would bet at least half of all the technicians in the country right now are processing. Should I stay here? Should I be looking for something different? You know, everybody hears the rumors. Oh, did you hear Earl? Earl got $15 an hour more. And then you find out he doesn't get a truck. He's got to use his own truck or some, you know, <laughs> some crazy, you know what I'm saying? 
like yeah. there's something you know so it, it, it making that that's not an easy one I, in fact i have a podcast coming up i did one already on you know the triggers that would make you move from one place to another but it's a big decision and there's a lot to account for and you know me and my buddies were talking about this the other day uh the i think and we think that i think the reason why it's so in demand right now is that yeah it goes with that that old saying like i'm 35 okay so i caught the tail end of all these sayings like they don't make it like they they don't make them like they used to everything is plant like everything is planned obsolescence these units are made you might get seven to ten years out of it if you're lucky if you don't maintain it maybe 15 years if you're really heavy on your maintenance and this that's yeah. just a residential system not just a commercial system right right so they don't they, they just don't make things like they used to so more things are breaking so everybody's yeah. busy everybody's busy and that combined with you know all your older technicians your elder statesmen who are who are retiring and there's nothing being done at least on the mainstream level to promote uh new technicians or new growth for the field so yeah. i mean i'm not gonna lie i've around the supply houses i go to i see a lot of guys either my age or around their you know mid to late 20s like more than i ever did when i first started but i still think i mean when you combine all the factors it's just there is so much work out there like yes. you know i'm at that uh, you've talked about your you know your 10-year crossroads you know yep. i'm i'm kind of at that point right now like i'm not debt free but like I want to, I kind of want to start my own thing because I, you know, it just sure. a little bit, you know, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm not quite there yet. You know, we're contemplating a move and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. But, uh, it's you, you, you're, you're not, you're not wrong when, yeah. when you talk to these people who say, you know, about 10 years in, you get kind of, you get kind of complacent or you get kind of, you know, uh, used to everything and you're like, okay, what's next? Right. right. Like, you, yeah. you know. And then you sit here and you work for, you know, thousand, twelve hundred bucks a week. And you're like, well, if I'm making a thousand, twelve hundred, what's my, what's the owner making? You know, like sure. how can he afford to pay me and 10 other guys, you know, that much money yep. and still make some himself. And I'm just like, you know, I go do a side job right now, make a thousand bucks any day, you know, like, why am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's, I mean, it's true. You start to get to that point where you've got, you're like, okay, I've got the knowledge. I, I can do this thing. And you know, but now I have to go get a mechanical contractor's license. You have to start your, you know, you have to, I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not a, I'm not an entrepreneurial guy by nature. I've tried to learn about those kinds of things. I've liked, I, I would like to be one. Risk is hard, man. Risk yeah. is hard. It's a hard thing to overcome. And, you know, I know I hear all these people say, oh, you just got to jump in. You just got to jump in. It's just like, but when's the right time, you know? So yeah. it's, it, it's tough. You know, the, the yeah. industry, but the industry is great. It's a great industry to be in if you like using your brain. You know, if you're yeah. not someone who doesn't, if you're someone who doesn't like to use their brain, go assemble parts, go work at a warehouse, go work at a machine shop, go do, you know, go do yeah. those mundane tasks. But if you really like to use your brain, join this industry. We need you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no, I 100% I agree. And especially on the commercial side, you know, where you, if you're doing maintenance and you you walk up to a building Man, you just have no idea. Do you guys work on any schools also? Uh, we not 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 like public schools. I don't think we work on. Um, I have worked on a company that had worked for a company that has, but uh, we have we have this little prep school. I think it's for like uh, yeah. undereducated or underserved youth or whatever. Um, but yeah, we don't we don't do a lot of school stuff. We do you know some hospital stuff, some chiller stuff, some basically a lot of 
you know, uh, strip centers. We work for a lot of property managers, uh, yeah. or property management companies. And, and as far as like, like I said, strip centers, industrial buildings, things like that. But, mm -hmm. uh, down here, schools are notorious for having super old equipment that, you know, they would have to pass some kind of something, you know, in the parish or, or with the state in order to really change out equipment on a mass scale. And so short of a hurricane, they just like, just keep this thing running, baby. And so the, the guys become kind of like maestros of taking a 25-year-old piece of equipment and keeping it going. And that's kind of, that's a lot of what national accounts is. They don't like to replace unless it's like dilapidated. Like they, like <laughs> there was one time I was working on a, a, just a, just a regular residential style air conditioner, but it was like from 1989 and we replaced a compressor on it. And I'm just like, oh. why would you do that? Like, it would probably be cheaper <laughs> to just replace the condenser. It'd be easy, definitely easier because where it was located, it was on like a stilt on the side of a building. And it's just like, why are you doing this? Why are you not? Why are you, why are you not replacing this 1989? Like you might get two more years out of this thing before something else fails. Why not? They just, but that's the way it is. It's just service, 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 service. And it's, uh, like I said, great for, great for new technicians trying to learn the field. They'll start you as a PM guy for six months or whatever, or, you know, you would even lie and say you've done service. And frankly, some of them don't even care. You just, they just need bodies to show up at the calls because they're, you're talking, you're talking, you know, how many family dollars, do, dollar generals are in your state, right? We're talking when I worked uh, for the one company, they said that there was $600 generals on the state of Illinois alone. So when you come, you know what I'm saying? Like when you compound yeah. that with another $400 dollar trees, another 400 family dollars, you're talking about, you're just volume calls, volume, 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 and they yeah. just need bodies to get there and they'll send, you know, so it, and the, your, your, your margin for error on actually fixing the machine is very, it's, it's a lot larger right. because of, because of said volume. It's just, everybody knows it's hard to find text right now. So, yeah. you know, only one guy can do so much in a day. Right. So, yeah. you know, it's, but perfect, perfect to learn or perfect to retire with, you know, the, the kids have left and you just want to go and work and nobody bother you go work in a national accounts company. It's great. You, you just go yeah. run and do your thing and. Nobody will really bother you, but somebody will get upset. <laughs> the guy who's, if you're messing up, the guy behind you will get upset, but you won't get fired. They're, they need people too much. You yeah. got to really, really mess up to get fired, you know? Yeah. So, but. Well, Justin, let me ask you about this. Cause you know, the purpose of this podcast is to find uh, perspectives and points of view that add value to technicians and you're living it day to day. So what in your opinion is something like you'd want other technicians to, to, to like pay attention to if they want their lives to be better. Well, uh, we touched on it a little earlier. You got to find a company that you like, uh -huh. um, cause there's too many, you know, don't sit there and don't sit there, don't sit there and deal with a company that you don't like. I got a buddy right now who accepted a field supervisor position. Okay. At this national accounts company, I call it field supervisor because he's doing, <laughs> He's, I mean, he, his job title hasn't changed. It's, he still runs every call. He runs all the calls. Now he has to run all the calls that nobody else wants to run. And then he also has to deal with the techs. And it's, he's got a boss that says, oh, nobody goes home before seven or you're fired. I mean, it's kind of, it, it's one of those type of deals, right? Like you got to go to a company that you know, and like I said, perfect for young single people, 
work all the hours you can, get all the experience you can, and then move on to the next phase when you're ready. Um, but try to learn it, like try to actually yeah. learn the job. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've gone behind people that misdiagnosed because either a, they're lazy, b they're stupid or C they just don't care. Right. Yeah. You got to care about your craft. And again, I tried, I left national accounts cause I was getting tired of being the guy on the second, third trip. Yeah. was the one finally fixing it when it's just like, okay, there was two or three of you here before me. Why am I, why am I, why do I have to come, why do I have to come fix this? Right. Mm-hmm. So learn your trade, learn the craft, learn it. I mean, the more, the more quality technicians that we have, the better everybody's life is because yeah. nobody wants to be sitting there at five o'clock on a Friday or getting called out at nine o'clock on a Saturday That's right. because, because some asshole didn't, Watch that's the right. coil when they were there, or whatever. You whatever. Know? That's right. Or this is just this is another you know. thing I hear a lot of, which is, it's a ten-year Ted thing. It's ten years that these guys. You're one of them. You know what you're doing. You have the experience, and there are days it feels like you get punished for it because, you know, so a, a rookie's gone out, and it's you know we could we could turn that into a, a you know either he shouldn't have been sent on that call or. They didn't have anybody else to send on that call, or maybe it was him. He didn't handle it well himself. But for whatever reason, it's a callback, and now they trust you. And so that guy who screwed it up gets to go home and have dinner with his family, but you got to go out and see this piece of equipment. And that feeling, that's a real thing that happens every city in America with experienced technicians. And I don't know yet what the solution is, but boy, oh boy, does it make good people decide to work other other work in other companies well and like you said that's like probably half the reason that 10-year ted wants to go start his own business or yep. do whatever because do something I'm, you yep. know i've worked at several companies now and you can't escape it this one's not so bad but you can't you can't you can't escape it you're always going to go behind somebody who completely blew off the call and then you're stuck picking up the pieces at four or five o'clock or even even yep. if it's one two o'clock you're just like okay this is going to be a six hour job and now I got to sit here or whatever, you know, yep. and it's, it's tough. I wish, I really truly wish I had a, a solution for that because you can't fix people's brains. Like the, there's a lot of people like, you know, a lot of people, I, I've seen a lot of drug use in, uh-huh. in, in the industry and not just weed, not just, we're talking hard, hard drug use, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know if it's just that or the way people's brains are wired, but like, I think people are inherently lazy or something. Like if you don't have a strong work, work ethic, you, people are, you, you're, you're not going to have a good time in this field. That's all well, I'm saying. Like, yeah. It, there, there's a, there's an inherent <laughs> challenge in this job. It, it's being an air conditioning technician, really being in craft labor generally, it's true, but especially for technicians, it's a very unsupervised job. For the most part, I mean, there's a supervisor who may ask questions, but they're almost never standing next to you while you're troubleshooting. And so, unless you pick up the phone and call them, you know, or or somebody just had like a really sideways conversation with the service manager, and they're like, "Screw all of this," and now they're standing in front of a customer's piece of equipment, and they're like, not engaged, you know. And it's if you worked in a factory. There's other dynamics that make sure you do what it is you have to do because something immediately goes wrong because of it. But 
you can just have something that creates a slow burn on a piece of equipment and it doesn't really crash until six months from now and you got it going and yeah, it's got this big loud rattle, but they're cool and whatever. I'm, I'm out of here, you know, or there's whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? That there's ways, oh, yeah. to, there's ways to get it going, the piece of equipment going without actually fixing it. So you can just hit the road. Oh, and, absolutely. And it, and it happens. It happens. Oh, it, it happens a lot. Like I said, there was that nat one of the national concept companies that I worked at. They had a guy who, I mean, because national counts, they only guarantee their work for 30 days before it's considered, you know. So it's a callback within 30 days. But after 30 days, it's a new call. It's a new issue. Man, this dude was the king of that. He'd, you know, bypass defrost or he'd bypass. He'd do all this dumb stuff that I had to go fix right because he was lazy. Not because he was yeah. trying for the company, but because he was lazy. Right. Sure. So sure. it's. And this is part of that. Yeah. That that's probably a guy, either something's not, he's not happy with the companies working with, or maybe he's still in the grind. But the, the, the flip side of this coin is that being good at your job feels great when you do it. You know, I mean, there's a very specific, immediate, inherent reward in, in troubleshooting when you're good at it. And so I, I I think there's this other side of it, and it's ironic because then, you know, the the ten year guys feel punished for being good at it, so they don't they get diminished satisfaction from it. But that's the goal it, is to get good enough that you do it does feel good to do it. You know, you know it is. I I never thought of it in that way, like the irony, like yeah, you want to get good, but then when you get good, you just get pissed off because nobody's doing it the way that you would do it, that's right? right? <laughs> so, so it's like you show up to call. It's like, man, I'm the best because you are not the best or whatever. Like I'm awesome yeah. because I figured this out and three other guys couldn't. But then you're like, wait, what are? Why are those three other guys getting paid if they're not doing it? You know, it's, right? <laughs> it is. It's 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 a, it's a very it's a very ironic uh, feeling feeling, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough, and I do. I feel for. I actually, I, I'd like to make more money. Obviously, I'd like to have my own thing, but I do. A little tiny part of me feels for the business owners. Is like, how are you guys finding techs that are actually doing their job? Like, well, that is, you know, that is a question that I'll always wonder about, especially considering some of the things that I've seen in this industry. You know, uh, this is kind of a saying that I've come across on my own, but like. Half of the work that I, half of the repairs that you make is fixing somebody else's, well, F up, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that, and that's half of what my calls are. Half of my calls are fixing other people's mess ups easily, yeah. easily half, right? Yeah. So how do you find good techs? And I, I, like I said, little part, and that's another thing that kind of scares me of starting a business because like, how am I going to find a good enough tech that's going to work to the quality that I want, right? Uh, I will tell you what, that what, here's what I'm observing. Here's what I'm observing. There are guys who go out as a solo operation. If they can figure out the the marketing and the getting business consistently, uh, I'll do. Since we're talking about it, I'll I'll fill this in. Normally, if you're a, an individual technician wanting to be like on your own as a tech, you need to have 500 people, 500 customers who think of you first if something goes wrong. Right? If you have 500 customers, you have enough to set, let's say, 250 off-season checkups at 99 bucks a pop. that gets you $25,000 in the off-season minimum. Then you get some more work out of that. But you, it's by, it happens by working a customer base. So the, the real gap is to get from day one to 500 customers. 
the faster you can get there, the more stable you are as an individual guy. From there, it almost is like you got to find five guys who all have 10 years of experience and go in together or something like that. Because the idea of quote unquote finding a tech, the amount of effort required, this is why I'm in this business partly, the amount of effort required to find, or the luck to find somebody like you, Justin, just like you, who's looking and is ready to take action to go to another place. Uh, you, I mean, it's almost like winning the lottery. It's, it is very difficult. Even though guys talk about looking and they kind of hear stories and whatnot. And, but the thing is something triggers it. There's a certain day and it's like, all right, now I've had enough. And that's that day. But if you're the business owner and you weren't looking on that day, you missed it. Like a thief in the right. night, it's gone, right? So you have to have this 24-7 presence uh, getting to know guys before you're ready to hire them. So when this guy's ready, he calls you first. But then that takes a lot of effort to build out a pipeline of guys. And I, I don't have time to do this. I got to go in the field myself sometimes. That dynamic of being a business owner in air conditioning right now is very challenging. It's very and, challenging. And and just something like you said before, when you were talking about, you know, the factory life and the warehouse things, there's procedures that the, that every employee has to follow. So everything, so the work gets done right. Yeah. And it gets done right the first time or the, you know, worst case scenario the second time. Right. Yeah. But, and there is accountability there. And mm -hmm. even if you don't really have to have a very stringent hiring process because anybody can do the work, right? It's easy work, right? Not right. everybody can do this, right? So you not only have to find the people who can do this, you have to find the people who can do this and not just say they can do it. And then... And then we'll do it. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then actually we'll do it, right? Because yeah. I, you're, there's guys that talk the talk, but don't walk the walk either for various reasons, alcoholic or lazy sure. or whatever, you know. You know, or there's, and, there's stuff like, I, I, this is one of my favorite stories. I talked to a tech from North Louisiana was a residential company and they had sales quotas every week, which is not uncommon. You know, it's not the end of the world to have a sales quota. But this owner decided he was going to build a wall of shame. And every week in their sales meeting, he had eight by tens of every technician. And whoever didn't meet their numbers from last week on Monday, he would pick up their eight by 10 and walk over to the wall of shame and hang it up during the meeting as part of telling guys they miss, they missed their number. Like, like that kind of nonsense. Like this guy's going to go out and be really engaged with the customer now, you know? And, and, and that's why I don't really like residential companies. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to put anything out there that you don't want anybody to hear, but I think the whole, the residential industry is a racket. All they want you to do is sell. They, all they want you to do is sell. And well, I know that's how it, they, I know that's how they make their money. I understand that, but nobody is servicing machines anymore. It's, oh, it's old. It needs to be replaced. Replace it. I, I don't, you're not finding residential techs that are really like, oh, let me dig real hard into this leak search and find this leak for you. You know, you, I, I just think yeah. there's way too many shady practices. And then, like you said, oh, it's the slow time. Sell them a turbo cap or, you know, how do I walk into somebody's house when it's the thermostat's reading the direct yeah. temperature that they have it set at and try and sell them something like, no, it's clear that it's well, working. Let me just move on to the next one. You know, like, yeah, I, I don't think that's the tech. It's tough. I think I think some there is a business model dynamic there. I mean, I just, I was just, you know, like there's a whole side of it. When you get this talent shortage, then you get this stuff where, well, can you take a guy who used to sell mattresses 
train him for two weeks, and then have him catch calls and sell stuff. And this, to me, this is where that where, what you're talking about starts to to happen. The for good or bad, the guy who really should be offering options to the homeowner is the guy who diagnosed the piece of equipment, like who knows what he's looking at, knows what he's doing. Otherwise, he actually doesn't even know how to fix it. He doesn't know, you know, he can he can say whatever. He can, you know, maybe he sees the drain pans clogged or whatever, but he doesn't, he can't actually get inside the piece of equipment and do anything with it. So the only thing you can do is sell a change out. And I just think that there's a talent shortage that drives this dynamic for homeowners. And uh, it's tough. I mean, I, I, I know some guys, in fact, there's a, you might know some of these guys in Indianapolis. There's a company called Techni that is a, in my opinion, a terrific residential company. But mm-hmm. man, those they have really good technicians in that company. Mm-hmm. You can't be with them because they don't have any service managers. You can't work for that company unless you know what you're doing. And they put a lot of heat on their guys if they find out they sold stuff that didn't the the homeowner didn't need. And so, oh, that's good. You know, so I mean, there's a there there are companies out there that are really solid. But what you're describing is is real. I mean, there are companies that are like, look, especially the ones who are bought by equity. They they just got it's just numbers on a page. You just gotta, you know, just get out there and make a number happen. I don't and know. I got not really what this job is. Right, for sure. I got a buddy who uh, we used to work for one of the bigger name companies oh, wait, wait, in the wait, area. Wait, let me let me correct what I said. That that company is Techni outside of Indianapolis. It's Good Guys Heating and Air in Indianapolis. Um, just to, for people who are listening, it's Good Guys Heating and Air there, Techni all the rest of the country. So, I think I think I've seen those vans. I don't think I've ever talked to anybody in the supply house, but I think I've I think I've seen them. I think I've seen them around town. Um, have you Have you had an installer on the podcast? Um, I think I'm not sure if I have, because I, I I got a buddy who used to install. Well, it's how he got into the field, but he used to install for a big name company around here. Uh, I don't know how correct you want to be with the names, but anyways, he used to. He said that there were days where he would have to basically reframe rooms to get furnaces to fit, or <laughs> uh, he there were days where they 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 got the they they the 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 salesman got the wrong size equipment. So he had to go back and get the right size equipment. And it's just, it's because they send sales guys out to do this is technicians work. This is the exact thing I'm talking about where the guy sold something, parts get ordered. The install guy shows up and it's like, who, who ordered this? What's what happened? And and then the install guy's got to take twice the amount of time. And then he gets chewed out for taking too much time. But the, that's exactly the dynamic that I'm talking about. My yeah. own opinion, this is the good guys model too that we were talking about up there, but my own opinion is it's just a better customer service experience when you have an experienced guy, you don't have to hard sell stuff, you know, tell them what's wrong with it, tell them what their options are. They probably have financing options if it's a residential company. It doesn't yeah. have to be the end of the world. You know, if you need a new piece of equipment, are you going to live here another 10 years? Are you going to move next year? I mean- Factor in the stuff that needs to be factored in, but give them the options so they can make a choice. I mean, we at our house we we put in a new uh, five ton split last summer, um, but we wanted to put in a new piece of equipment. The one was there is fourteen years old. We intend to be here for another twenty years. Let's go. Let's change it out. We could have fixed it, but we wanted to change out, right? But right, 
you know, but that's just, that is what it is. Like instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, we, we don't have the money to do this, but he's telling us we're going to, it's, well, we don't have any choice. We're going to have to pay $15,000 for a five ton split system. It's, oh, that's what I got to do. You know, and it, it, that, it's shady sales that tactics. Dynamic is, yeah. It's shady sales tactics. You're making, you're forcing the customer into thinking that you're there. They're the only, that's the only option for them basically. Right. Right. So uh, it's, yeah. Then, like I said, I try and stay away from residential. I'll do, I'll, I'll pick and choose my side jobs, but I'm not going to work for any of those companies. You know, it's just, I, yeah. I, I mean, I'd like to check out good guys, but I'm not really sure. I, I just don't really like being in, in people's homes very much. You know, it's just kind sure. of a, I like commercial. I've always done it. Right. So it's like being in somebody's home is actually kind of foreign to me. It's like kind of weird. It's just like, okay, it where is can personal. I go? You know, it's very personal. Like it's yeah, it's really, it's really kind of strange to me. So it's like, I just kind of stick with commercial and, you know, the side jobs here and there. If somebody asks me if I'll do something, sure. I'll come look at, I'll come to your house yeah. and take a look at it. And, you know, but yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> you yeah. get, you get a whole set of other issues too with, with, uh, residential. The, oh yeah. Um, this was one of these guys from good guys that uh when he was on the podcast uh i said uh do you have any advice for technicians and he said well if you're residential if you go to the homeowner and the guy's got a monkey don't pet it <laughs> yeah yeah so, so i mean you just, it's a very different world to, to work residential you just and and people are weird, man. People are weird. I I like I said, I worked for this residential company for about six months. I was in one house. We had to do a duct cleaning, okay? And this dude had like cat posters on the wall. Like he was like it was weird, man. You're dealing with weird people, hoarders, things like that. Like it's yeah. yeah, yeah. I it's not something that personally at 35 I want to get into, you know. So and, and that's the <laughs> thing that <laughs> guys who do residential that way, they love yeah. the part of it. They love it. It's like, you know, every day there's, you know, some new person, some new quirky personality, some new house dynamic that it's like, you know, what is it going to be today? And those, the guys that are, that are right for that, man, they love that stuff. They love telling the stories and they love the craziness of it. So, oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So it uh, looks like we're, we're up against it here. Uh, you yeah, I know. Questions? I was thinking the same thing. We're just about out of time. So do you have any last words? It's your chance um, to tell the world. Just, just, <laughs> just, if you, hey, listen, if you're going to get into it, go all in. Don't, 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 get don't put one foot in, one foot out. Because I did that. I did that. Yeah. I was like, eh, do I like it? Should I do it? You know, and it was, again, part of a bad company, blah, blah, blah. Go all in. Uh, focus on learning. Use tech support. You know, that's what they're there yeah. for. Um, and, don't screw over your fellow technicians. If you're on a call and something needs to be done, either do it or quote it, you know, or yeah. don't, you know, don't just rig it to get it going. And then the on-call guy is going to have to come after you in two days and, you know, get it going, you know? Yeah. So it's just in, in, embrace the field, embrace the knowledge, you know, like this is a very, and I've, I've heard several prior guests say it, you can get go into any avenue that you want in this industry, any yep. avenue that you want. If yep. national accounts isn't for you, try chillers. If residential isn't for you, try commercial. You know, if yeah. you want to go, if you want to go sit around and be a, a a plant maintenance technician for some for one of these, you know, that's more your speed. Sure. Y yep. You know, 
go work, go, you know, go work for Nestle or go work for one of these companies that needs nah. guys to work on their conveyors, their HVAC, the refrigerator, all go, that stuff. Go I learn mean, process cooling, go, go learn yeah. controls, go. I mean, there's all kind of stuff to do hundred percent. Anywhere, any, yep. any, anyway, any, anything, anything you, you want to do or anything you think can be done with a boiler chiller or HVAC machine can be done and you can fix it. Yep. You know, yep. I personally, a dream of mine is to go uh be the guy who takes care of the uh the 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 ice rinks like the 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 rink at the, the you know the the machines that that oh, make sure. the ice for the ice rinks like I'm uh -huh. a hockey fan big time hockey fan from Michigan I'd yeah. love to go work I'd love to go work at the the they call it Little Caesars Arena now up in Detroit love love to work on that stuff just because yeah. like you know that's that's how, who I am but you I, know like I worked I said, with a, I worked with a tech in Houston who he did the grind. He got good at what he was doing and he was single and he wanted to travel. So he took a job with Siemens commissioning equipment all over the planet. He traveled for several years everywhere, Asia, Africa, Europe, Australia, South America. I mean, he saw the world as an air conditioning technician. Sounds Went awesome. Commissioning equipment. And then when he was like, no, it's time to settle down. I'm going to get married. They're just like, okay, now I got to do something else. But he did his time. I mean, not in a bad way, but he 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 wanted to see the world, and he did as a tech. I mean, that I, there's too many guys who don't really grasp what an opportunity it is to once you've done the grind to to look at the world as a technician and just say, now what do I want? Because it's probably possible, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. So, well, listen, Justin, I so appreciate your time. It's really great to get to know you better too. So, uh, but for now, we're going to bring it to an end because I'm sure you got another call to catch and, and, uh, we're Certainly out. Certainly do. All, All right, right, buddy. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. A good life is had at the HVAC Joy Lab.